Hi, I'm Trey Williams from Dying Fetus, and you're listening to Into the Combine Metal Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Into the Combine. I'm your host, Stan the Man. Jason. Shoddy. And uh, we have a jam-packed episode, but we're going to break it down as always. Jason, what was that gem? Sepultura. The song's "Born Stubborn" off the album Roots. That that's older, right? Yeah, that. Oh, that. I mean, that's the last one that Max was on. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the that's the album where it's like uh, super tribal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go ahead and break it down. All right. Uh, what we're gonna always go into is uh, we're just, and Jason and Shadi are gonna show Stan some new music. Um, <laughs> we got uh, our album discussion for this week is probably the coolest idea in metal ever. <laughs> um, I, we'll get into it more later, but I mean, uh, Roadrunner United, this all-star, uh, sessions compilation album. It's just, I don't know, just so fucking tight. Yeah. A bunch of, uh, Roadrunner I, artists all coming together to make, you know, just a, almost like a super group for each song. So yeah, but yeah, we'll get into it. And then we're going to end it off with a dying fetus, uh, interview with, uh, who is it? It's going to be with Trey Williams, the drummer. So we got a pretty jam-packed episode, but I guess, uh, guys shows, show me some metal. I got to say, before we go too far, I'll start off, but um, I played Sepultura because I got it a massive Sepultura kick this past week, and uh, it kind of started with Arise, listened to it, the whole thing, Mo- yeah, moved on to Chaos AD, played that about five times through, and then went back to Roots, which I never um, I never loved too much, but actually, I really started getting into it way more this past week, and uh, it's fucking awesome, and then I, yeah, so that breakdown in Born Stubborn, I figured that'd be a good one to throw on there, something a little bit different, but... The uh, the first one that I want to get into is a band called Sarcasm, and it's kind of an interesting story with this band because it's a, death, a Swedish death metal band, and they're on Dark Descent Records, which um, fantastic death metal label that had like um, Horrendous and and Blood Incantation. They just they put out everything good, man. And um, this band, I guess, came out in like nineteen early 90, 1990s, like put out their first LP in 94. They've got like six demos, but like, I guess it didn't get officially released until like 2016. So they kind of just never got anywhere back in the day. But when they went to record it, I guess like the, um, the drummer died and they had people, I don't know. It was just like a, a big mess, but um, they finally put this album out and I've been listening to it quite a bit. It's like got the Swedish feel where it's got some, it's kind of a mix between the Stockholm and the Gothenburg, you know, like it's not quite the Stockholm buzzsaw and tomb stuff. It's not definitely not the Gothenburg stuff. It's kind of in between like it's, it's not over the top melody, but it's, you know, it's got the the straight death metal, but it's got enough melody in there to, uh, to kind of catch on to and stuff. So I thought we could play the song a little bit of the song from the crimson fog. They emerged. Let's see what you guys think.
I don't know. Not a big fan? Uh, I was actually really pumped after you explained the band and then uh, just kind of wasn't there. I don't no, know. not for you, huh? Yeah, I guess maybe I'm like, I've been really into Stockholm shit, though, so maybe that's why. I was really fucking digging it, dude. Really? Yeah, I was really digging it. I mean, it remind it was just, it's just old sounding. Yeah, it, exactly. It's like older sounding, but it's not that like throwback, you know? It's just like... Uh, yeah, exa- there's enough like of a twist there where I want to still listen to it, but it still just has that vibe of being old. Yeah. Stan- I really liked it. I think, I don't know, I still think if you listen to the whole thing, I think you would like it because every well, track's a little different and there's some fucking just killer riffs. Like, nothing sounds like another band that you've heard before, except mm-hmm. there's, like, one song on there that sound, that reminds me of, like, the, uh, Sound of Perseverance, where it's, like, this, like, classic metal lead-in, you know, where it's, like, clean and it's, and it, I don't know, just something, like, something that Chuck would have done and it goes into just, like, you know, more of the brutal stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, it's just all over the place. There's even a track on there that's like Death Doom and stuff. I just think it's cool, man. I think their story is cool too. Like they were like some badass band back in the day, didn't get their break, and now all of a sudden they finally put this album out. So, I, and like I said, every every track's a little different, more brutal. Some are a little more with a little more melody in them, just badass riffs and stuff. So, highly recommend that one. One more time, what was that called for the listeners? Oh yeah, that was, so that was Sarcasm. Um, the song was from the Crimson Fog. They emerged. The album is called. Oh fuck! Within the nah, I can't remember actually. I could look. Though. Whoa, well, you gotta figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing, guy? <laughs> not even writing notes. You just come in. I got a song for you guys to listen to. Well, how do you not write your fucking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. The album is called "Within the Sphere of Ethereal Minds" okay. by Sarcasm. Anyways, Stan, you got anything for us? Not really, nothing new. Um, I'm kind of fucked when it comes to music. Like I get in, I get into kicks and I just can't get out of them. Like I'm in like a deep hole. Yeah, but um, it doesn't have to be new. What do you, what do you jam? No, no, I am like this is gonna sound fucked up, but I've been listening to Edge of Sanity, uh, Crimson, but even more Crimson Number Two, which we didn't really touch okay. on that one uh, episode. We kind of, you know, mentioned it, but. really into it and like i'm like right now i'm in a debate with myself is it is it on par with crimson number one and i i don't know nah. but i've been like listening to like both of them like you know non-stop like every other day it's fucked up but <laughs> i know it's fucked up but i'm just that's, that's the honest truth with you oh my god you still been going yeah. through the swedish death metal book well yeah I, I have been slowly um so i got into entombed like last week i was like really listening to um the first three which I know we talked about, uh, you know, left hand path quite a few times, but uh, like clandestine mm-hmm. or clandestine or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was just interesting because like Nikki does the whole vocals on the whole thing. Oh yeah, you know. And then Wolverine Blues is just like a classic. I really never got into. Oh really? Until re- yeah, recently. I have always know. a debate with myself on which of those three I like the best, and it always rotates. Oh, I'm gonna. Well, I don't know if you're asking me that question, yeah. but I'm gonna answer it anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right now, I think in like a clandestine or I don't know how to pronounce it, but like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just so interesting, but like, I don't know. The other two are so fucking good too. I like the low end on that album. It's like super bass yeah. heavy. Yeah. I kind of like that. But Wolverine Blues just always, it, and when you're in the right mood. The riffs are just, yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> the riffs, dude. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. So I, that's where I kind of been at though. Like I kind of been going for like just edge of sanity and then going back to other, like it's all Swedish. That's all I've been listening to is Swedish, like nothing else. Hey, nothing wrong so, with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I guess I'll bring up the fucking dragon force album, uh, reaching into infinity. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to listen to it? I listened to it probably a good three or four times actually. Stanley, did you listen to it at all? I did not. 
Okay, well, I mean, I guess uh, real quick, Jason, I want to hear your thoughts then. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we got the promo a little while back, I gave it one one listen through, and eh, I wasn't that that impressed. But you know, whenever, I mean, Dragon Force is an old favorite. You know, we uh, we we started back when we heard. Uh, I think it probably through the fire and the flames, right? Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I liked that album a lot back in the day. I kind of haven't listened to him much since then. But um, after listening to it a few more times, I actually it was a lot of fun, man. It's not a it's not a great album, you know, but um, there's a few songs on there that are definitely some some highlight songs that'd be pretty cool to see live. No, I completely agree. Like, I mean, I just I had a lot of fun with the album, so it was an easy listen. Um, and I mean, I love all the you know the the over the top guitar and shit, the the melodies. I mean, uh, the clean sing. You know, I mean, with how much vibrato he has and with how over the top this new singer. Um, I'm losing what his name is. I, think it's I mean, Sam I know he, something. Yeah, he was. You said he was on the the last Mark, album uh, in the Mark line Hudson. of fire. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. Oh, okay, okay. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I really. I mean, I honestly, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's musically, there's a lot of shit that I've already heard before from Dragon Force. So I don't like. I don't want to say that they're recycling shit, but there's just like little stuff in solos that like I heard like three albums ago. And then I don't know some of the yeah, the lyrics are a little super new. Yeah, yeah, and some of the lyrical content is just a little. <laughs> meh. I mean, they're still good. They're good musicians. Like, I mean, they're definitely shredding. Some of those solos fucking made me smile because of the way that they transition from being real shreddy to these melodic lines that just fit with everything. I mean, it it was nice. Like, I really liked how it sounded and how over the oh, top yeah. it was at times. So. Like, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Some of my favorite ones were like Ashes of the Dawn and then, yeah, you know, the yeah. first main track. And then yep. Judgment Day is probably my favorite one. That was the one I was texting you the lyrics of the other day. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't remember what it is, but it's like it's got that chorus where it just basically, dude, you're just putting your hand up and you're just it's, it's super corny, but it's just fucking awesome. Like, it's just like what you well, want from I Dragon Force. I feel I, there's like so many like fucking scenarios like you could be riding on the back of a horse into battle. Like we need to do another one of those uh, topics dude, and I could use this whole like fucking album. Like that's what I feel oh, like. Dude. That's the funny thing, because a lot of people hate on Dragon Force, and I get it. You know, it's over the top, I know, it's I, cheesy, but man, I, I don't know, dude. It's fun. That's you know what I mean. It's not uh, yeah, great, but I mean, it's fun. I know. Exactly, man. I don't even think like, that. I, I really don't even think that. Though. I think I'm kind of with everyone on that. It's like over the top. Like I love old Dragon Force. Like I got into them when like Valley of the Damn Time, and like right, I still yeah, listen yeah. to that album. Like that's you what know, I, I like thought. I remember you giving me that. Yeah, I like the simpler Dragon Force before they got into like trying every little thing you can do with a guitar or like you know yeah. the vocals. I heard but the I vocals, guess... the new vocals is amazing. Like he's really good, but oh, I get exactly well, what you're see, saying. And I, I think I, I most people that's... do think that. But well, dude, did you? So real quick though, the Edge of the World song ten. It's like the eleven minute track. They go. He goes into like some screaming and shit. Yeah. It like some it. Death yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's kind. Of, it's a little. I kind of really like that song because wow. it kind of you know showed that they could still, I guess. Do yeah, that's that. an interesting song, man. It goes through everything. It's like an epic, it, you know. It, I mean, it is. It really is an interesting song. 
But, but uh, yeah, I mean, if we should probably move on, I yep, yep, yep. too much time. <laughs> All right. Well, what? I'll go, I'll go with one of mine. Um, it is uh, a band that I came across on Bandcamp. They only have an EP, and it's coming out this Friday. It's a weird band, man. I have never heard of them before, but uh, they are called Onrio, O N R Y O. The album's called Muto, M U M U T O. They're okay. Italian, so that's why it's all kind of fucked up words. <laughs> okay, I love this shit. I love I love this already. I love yeah, the European yeah. stuff. <laughs> they call themselves like their description on Bandcamp at least is like Italian death grind slash mathcore, and I think that's pretty okay. accurate. Pretty accurate. It's like um, I kind of when I first heard it, I immediately thought of Dillinger, but much more deathy. You know, with a little more little grindy aspect and stuff. Kind of goes all over the place. And like I said, there's um, it's like a four or five track EP, and by the time this episode comes out, it'll be out because it comes out on Friday. So yeah, I don't think they have anything else out yet. But go ahead and, and uh, play. We're just gonna play the whole song, Ani, because it's like a minute and a half long. <laughs> when you said mathcore earlier i got really turned off but after <laughs> listening to that um it's not like mathy at all to me uh-huh it's more so grindy. i actually re- yeah no i yeah, if i had yeah. to put a i think i'm gonna make up another genre right now <laughs> if you guys got time um all right i'm gonna call uh, this you guys got time <laughs> uh technical death grind yeah that's what that i works would, you know you know it's very tech deathy but I mean that's Very it's grindy. like math math and tech is like pretty fucking similar. It's just you know what I no, mean? No, not to me. <laughs> yeah. I think of like not math to me. five. Not just to me at all, sucks. yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. I like your term. I like it. Let's go with that. Yeah, technical death grind. But no, no, I, I agree with you, like but I didn't see I didn't get the spastic like, you know, I thought it was more structured and just like well written, kind of you know, it was yeah. more down the techie line. But Shadi, what'd you think of that? Because that's like right up your alley. It seems uh, like yeah, I really, I really did enjoy it. I liked it. Yeah, it I, mean, I did th- think it was a little grindy. It was a little raw, but it still had that technical aspect to it. Uh, yeah, I guess I would agree with Stan. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I got really pumped when I heard it. Like I had some other bands I was gonna play, and I was just like, I gotta get this one on here. And hopefully they put out a full length, you know, sometime soon because. Like, that song was pretty quick. The, the song after it that's on the album, also really good. It's longer. Um, little, it, I mean, it just sounds like they're going to switch things up on every song, and it's just fucking really interesting to listen to. It keeps you guessing, you know. So hopefully more to come Perfect. from them. Again, it's Onryo, O-N-R-Y-O. Uh, you can find it on Bandcamp for now. All right. Well, um, so, yeah, I guess uh, per Jason's fucking request he was like dude we got the new dying oh, like fetus you know hard thing well, to do. i know you were pulling my fetus. teeth you were you were pulling my teeth basically all right <laughs> so the the wrong one to fuck with um i'm sorry i don't know when this comes out but i feel we like you got need to say it, it way less nice than that the wrong 
the wrong one to, the wrong one to fuck with <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Dude, so but yeah album we, so good yeah it, it is it is very 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 good um so yeah i listened to it uh about twice today um yeah good review <laughs> i don't i mean do i really need to say anything more about a dying fetus album i mean do you like dying fetus if you do you're gonna love this fucking album if you don't, then this is the wrong one to fuck with, and you should go <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but in all realness, did you like though, it? It's, yeah, I really did like it. I mean, it just reminded me of some old school death metal. I mean, they threw like some of the new shit in here and there, but I mean, I liked it. I mean, it's fucking awesome, man. Like, it's gonna stay on my phone for a while. Like, I can't see why I would take it off anytime soon. Yeah, I haven't got it to like fully absorb it yet because. Um... I think I listened to it a couple times through, and the the three singles they've got out now, it's actually the first three tracks. Those three are fucking awesome, especially number three I love. Starts off with some weird fucking riffy breakdown and some technical shit. one track that they it's real different the way they start in the beginning with the guitar uh revealing in the abyss and it kind of like is breakdown feel i don't know it's just fucking awesome like rain supreme i really really liked it sounds a lot like that like you said if you like fetus then you're gonna like it i mean it's brutal as fuck the technical shit's there you know it's more of the same but it's just done you know no one's really doing it like them and i plus they're gonna be on summer slaughter so oh yeah that's after, I mean, I wasn't thinking about that when I fucking listened to it. But yeah, dude. That's going to be even fucking more of a reason to go. Cool. Let's move on to the big uh, album discussion this week. Like I said earlier, probably the coolest fucking thing anyone's ever done in, I don't know, in the metal music industry. I don't know. I thought it was the coolest concept ever, but we're talking about Roadrunners, uh, the Roadrunner United album, uh, All-Star yeah, Sessions. All- Is that what it's called? Yeah, the All-Star Sessions compilation album. Oh, okay, basically, like just a little brief summary of it is it's uh they picked uh all Roadrunner artists at the time, right? Or that they've yep, been yep. there. It was past and current uh Roadrunner like alumni, so they could have okay. been they had like a couple albums with them and left, or anyone who's on the label now. That's what was cool about. It. I mean, they pulled from all eras of Roadrunner for it. And there's like what 40, 50 band members, like from forty or fifty bands, like you know, mm-hmm. just like super groups. Every like you said earlier, super groups. Every song, different like lineup. Every song. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. well, they had uh, 14 captains that produced the songs. They each produced, what, five or six songs each or something? Yeah, something like that. They had, like, the Fear Factory guitarist, uh, Dino Cazares. Uh, they had Robert Flynn from Machine Head. They had uh, Slipknot drummer Joey Jordison. And then Matthew Heafy from Front Trivium. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, the thing is, like like you said, Stan, they each take, like, four songs, five songs or whatever. And um, it's kind of like they are, like, the producer. Like, they are calling in who they want on the album. They're doing, mm-hmm. you know, most of the writing, but they're getting some help. But then you take in the vocalists who like kind of add their own flavor to each song, I guess. And yeah. fuck, should we name off some of the vocalists that are on this album? No, I, I, no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we should just just name off some of the personnel. Go ahead. All right. You got Howard Jones, the Chimera vocalist, 
fucking Glenn Benton from Deicide, King Diamond, Max Cavalera, you've got Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth, you've got Daryl Palumbo from Glassjaw, Jesse Leach from Killswitch. I mean, you've got the typo negative, um, what's his name? Oh, um, Peter Steele. Peter um, Steele. The Misfits, uh, old singer Michael Graves. It's just, it's, the list goes on and on. Yes. There, I mean, there is some overlap in who plays guitar on what song or drums on what song, but, you know, basically there's a different vocalist every single song. Right. And it's just, I don't know, it's just, I thought it was such a cool concept. If any record labels are listening to us right now, <laughs> why don't you guys do the fucking same thing? Like, I would love to hear a Metal Blade compilation oh, God, or yeah. like, you know... Even like Iraq, like if you like brought in the old school shit, like come on, people. The, the, you mean Iraq? Yeah, whatever it's called. I don't know. <laughs> Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you got what you got. You know what I'm saying though. Uh, yo, yeah, I got you. I was but, you trying know, to it, think. Of, I was like, what the fuck Eng- are you talking about? <laughs> hey, English isn't a strong point. We know that. No, it's not. No. <laughs> but hey, the crazy thing about this, well, I guess it's not crazy to me. It's crazy now that we're talking about it. But I mean, this fucking came out in 2005 and it was to celebrate Roadrunner's 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. You, yep. Like that's that's kind of fucked up. And then like to, to what Stan was saying, it's been what? How long are we now? And no fucking other label has done this. Yeah, you know? I mean, say, though, I bet it's a lot harder now with the money because at that time they had a lot of money to fucking throw around and get these people to do this. Now, I bet it'd be pretty hard to do it. But you would, you would think a handful of people would like either volunteer yeah. some of their time or want to help out with something like that. Like, yeah, you're right. You well, could probably do it. Might I not mean, be as you know, like George Fullhead is this. Well, dude, if you just if you look at the fucking popular, you know, music, the the fucking pop bullshit, all of those people. That's all they do. It's inbreeding with one another, with who they do songs with. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're not asking the metal world to do it all the time, but yeah, I mean, there's no reason because this would spark interest in all parties. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel where like, but for the most part, there's no way that they couldn't do or afford to do this from right. a marketing standpoint. It doesn't. Yeah. You might makes, be right about that actually. Like think about it. It's publicity for the label, for all the bands. And then you start going like, oh, I love that singer on that band. I never heard him before. What well, was all of his old shit? And then you fucking start diving into Machine Head or you mm-hmm. dive into fucking Slipknot. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, yeah. No brainer. Well, hopefully the dude that got this all, all up and running is Monty Connor. He mm-hmm. was like the Roadrunner A&R dude who was like, who signed a lot of like fucking just legendary bands like. He signed Sepultura, he signed Machine Head, Obituary, Deicide, Suffocation. I mean, this guy was just like a madman with, suff- you know, signing aw- awesome bands, you know. And mm-hmm. he like spearheaded this whole thing. It was like his idea. But he left Roadrunner. Now he's with Nuclear Blast. So who knows? Well, there's maybe a he'll way fucking, to start. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll do it again. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just like if anyone, I, I actually surprised but i just listened i think you guys are in the same boat but we just listened to this what now 2017 yeah it's been around for that long and like i heard about it months ago and i just thought it was a cool idea and put brushed it off until like one of our listeners brought it up i believe that's where we got the idea from wasn't it that's right yeah we should say i can't remember his name he sent us an email and um recommended a lot of things and one of the things he mentioned was this album and i just I remember, I remember vaguely hearing about this a long time ago, and but I never actually listened to the whole thing, so it was super cool, like going back and and checking it mm-hmm. out. But when I saw all the names on, I was like, okay, and all the people involved. Even if you don't like everything on it, it's so interesting to listen to and pick it apart. Mm-hmm. How do you guys want to do? Do you want to guys go through the tracks? Yeah, I guess we could briefly say something about it. Each one, because there's a couple that are definitely highlights. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it starts off pretty damn strong with a dagger. Yeah. That one was written by Robert Flynn, and then it's got Howard Jones uh, as the vocalist from Killswitch.
That, I thought it was a very strong, strong song. Yeah. Howard sounds badass. Yeah. Uh, and it, I think it's really strong writing. Like, like Rob sounds, or, you know, even think he's got some vocals on it too, but super, super good. Mm-hmm. Then, the second um, one, I wasn't huge on. I like it, but, it, you know, I, it, was, it was good. Like, it just wasn't to Okay, I guess the, the, to say it real quick, like this is hard. Like this is another reason I haven't been listening to other stuff because I actually tried listening to this album and like figuring out who's doing what the whole time. Mm. So that's who I'm like. So number two, which singer was it? Because that's how I know. Okay, I actually like this one a lot. Okay, yeah, it's a good song. It just didn't stick yeah. out as much as the other ones. Yeah, but uh, I liked it, and you know, I guess like what Shadi was saying is like I, from my standpoint, I listened to a lot of these songs and listened to a lot of these singers or and or musicians and i'm gonna go check out their stuff now because i heard something i never heard before and i liked it so yeah the third one annihilation by the hands of god oh it's like my second favorite one off the album yeah dude it's so so fucking good with glenn benton on vocals Mm -hmm. love that fucking running the chugs on the guitar when Glenn Benton starts go, like singing Annihilation by the Hands of God and it's like that strong, catchy lead. But then, yeah, you've got those chunky parts around it and everything. Oh, my God, dude. Because it's it's not something you normally would hear. It's what's cool about it. Like, it's not a Deicide song at all. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's another thing that I love. So, I mean, I guess if you are a fan of all this, so let's, you know, the, the veteran metalhead. What does he have to listen to? He's hearing all of his fucking heroes, you know, go off and have sex with all these other fucking band members <laughs> and betray the band that they're in. But no, you get to hear a different side or you get to hear your favorite artist put a spin on some mm-hmm. shit that he normally wouldn't be doing. It reminded me kind of of like Serpentine Dominion, you know, like hearing George with like, you know, Adam D, you know, like it's a weird combo you don't usually get to hear. That kind of reminded yeah. me of this one where it's like you hear Glenn Benton with these like, you know, a little more melodies here and there, but did you? I think yeah. it's got like Rob Barrett on guitars yeah. yep. from Cannibal. Joey Jordison oh, yeah, is the one right. that, yeah. um, yeah, that's what I thought the one, produced yeah. it. Yeah, so I don't know, dude. I think that just came together really well. Oh, and it's got Mike D from Killswitch on bass, too. Yeah, yeah, he does a couple songs in this. What'd you guys think? I'm really curious because I know you guys aren't King Diamond fans, but number four in the fire. Oh, I uh, loved it. King I Di- really you did. did. <laughs> yeah, it's like got that power <laughs> metal feel, and then his vocals are just so good. With its evil grim Watching the breeze tonight Accusing me of sin Oh, help me! No, you're gonna die Oh, help me! No, just say goodbye I liked it. I mean, it was another one of my favorites. I fucking, I can't believe, I mean, I've always kind of liked Trivium. I just don't listen to him a lot, but I've got a lot of respect for Heafy after he's listening to this album. Dude, I mean, he, every song he writes on this album is fucking awesome. I mean, this song sounds like a King Diamond song, but yet through his lens or whatever. I mean, it's just so fucking good. I mean, 
I can't yeah, believe exactly. how, how, how well it sounds for yeah. for something that was like put together so fast and everything. There wasn't a song that I would I could skip when I was listening to this, and it oh, was just we'll a get little. To it. What? Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, I would agree, disagree with that. Well, what what is it then? Well, no, we'll get to it because we're going down the list. But I thought the, I thought the next one was interesting. The yes. end. Yep. Um, because it was it was actually Dino's song, but he had Matt sing on it. So I mean, right. there was even like you know the two producers were like interchanging. I liked it musically. I didn't like it the singing and like it. This one kind of annoyed me a little bit. I know it's like their single from the album or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's kind of the radio single. Yeah. I didn't hate I it. Didn't. It's like I don't skip it, but I don't love it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not. This is not mm-hmm. my skip song on the album, but. Mm-hmm. What about then? You got tired and lonely. Another one, Matt Heafy that produced it, and then it's got vocals from. Uh, uh, Keith at the time Caputo, but now Mina Caputo, Life of Agony. Yeah, um, it's kind of this the sludgy, one, stoner, rocky kind of yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, that's a, I guess another thing about this album, like you know, I there's a lot of different kinds of genres in it too that uh-huh. I normally wouldn't listen to, but I was actually digging it, and like this is one of them, like this song. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, solid. Yeah, and then you got Independent Voice of the Voiceless. This one was by Rob Flynn, and then it's got fucking Max Cavalera on uh, vocals. This is actually my favorite song off the album. I had a feeling because it's so hardcore yeah. and it and is thrashy. hardcore, but then you got <laughs> Max singing over yeah. it. And he just sounds amazing. It's, it's strong. Again, another Rob Flynn, dude, strong songwriter. Yeah. I really was digging the hardcore vibes, and then, yeah, to have fucking somebody as powerful as Max with hardcore, I guess it was just like, I don't know, dude, was, there was so much energy there. That's another cool thing, too. They kind of wrote the songs to fit the vocalist. Mm-hmm. You know, like See, I said, I the didn't... King Diamond one, it's, you know, they wrote it for him, and then this one, it sounds like, you know, he's going for that Sepultura kind of vibe, and then... Mm-hmm. The next well, that one, makes uh, sense. I mean, it, it's kind of like, I mean, I didn't know that listening to it, but now yeah. that you told me that, it makes total sense because, yeah, I mean, it almost fit too well. You know what I'm saying? Well, side note, but did I you mean, guys watch like the that. making of DVD? I started to, and I just, today, though, so I didn't yeah, have I, enough time to old. I did not, know. I recommend that for anybody who does check this album out. It goes through not a lot with the vocalists, more with, like, the musical side of things, but um, actually, so this next song, it's, it's in... Um, Dawn of a Golden Age, that was uh, by Matt Heafy, and then you've got Danny Filth on vocals, and then you've got Mike Smith on drums from Suffocation, and Sean Malone from Cynic, and uh, it's really yep. cool. They, they go kind of go into that song a little bit more on the DVD, just to see Mike it Smith was... going nuts on the drum set, dude. It's awesome. Dude, the drums it's... are fucked. Yeah, yeah, dude. But I this actually song I didn't like it the first time I listened to it, and it's like probably grown up to like number four number three off the album yeah i agree you know i'm it's not a big cradle fan but i'm not a big danny filth fan either mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i just it's a really good song same here like i like a couple early cradle filth albums but by this time no but but the way they wrote the way the song works and the way that he sounds on it i actually really 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 like it. it's one of my favorites 
It's like, yeah, you got Matt Heafy producing a black metal song pretty much. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. It works. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Yeah, see, I've never really listened to anything by Cradle of Filth, so it was, I mean, I had nothing, I didn't know anything coming into it, so I really did enjoy it, but then mm-hmm. after the fact, being like, holy shit, because, you know, I didn't, I had no, I listened to it, then started looking at who was, you know, doing what. I mean, obviously, Max stuck out, and certain people yeah. stuck out, but I mean, I didn't know him, so. How about, then we got The Rich Man by uh, Rob Flynn, and then you got Corey Taylor of Slipknot on vocals. This is not my skip song, but this was the probably one of the more disappointing songs. Really? I thought it was the whole Corey Taylor thing was going to be huge on this, yeah. and I was disappointed. I was going to say it's pretty much the story of uh, Corey Taylor's career, but <laughs> I don't know. I I was just like really pumped, like I wanted to see what Corey had to bring to the table, yeah. and I just wasn't. I've just never been as fan or as big oh. as fan, so yeah, yeah. I I didn't hate it. I kind of same thing as the Heafy Matt Heafy's um. You know, number four, the single. I kind of, I kind of looked at it like that. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was great. I, I don't skip it I though. Skip I think it's it. okay. I didn't. I definitely didn't skip it. I just, yeah. Yeah, it's just not bad. How about then? You've got the kind of like one of the oddball. I guess there's a few oddballs on here, but no way out with uh, Jordison wrote it, and then you've got Daryl Palumbo from Glassjaw on vocals. Skip. <laughs> See, I actually really like it because I love Glassjaw. I, I love everything Daryl does. I liked his head automatica stuff. Yeah, I did Love when I was seventeen straw. too. But come on, no, 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 Daryl. Yeah, I, I didn't, I, di- I didn't skip it either, Jason. I felt the same way that you did because that voice stuck out, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And it yeah. took me a second, and I was like, "How do I know that?" And then, yeah, eventually, it I wish set in like that- Joey would have wrote a bit harder of a song, like a little, you know, just to fit the album more because I think it stands out a little odd. Mm-hmm. But I. Fucking, that's I what still I mean. really really like it that's why I skip it because it just it it ruins the flow like I it does. I think he could have did amazing things on a harder song too yeah. I'm not like, taking anything away from him it's just the song in general no yeah I, I feel you on that I agree and then eh, skip one here Baptized and Redemption with Des Ferrara from uh, Devil El Driver Nino. Cold Chamber oh yeah Devil Driver yeah 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 no eh. Rhodes is the next song you got um, Mike Ackerfeld from Opeth fine but it's clean yeah yeah it's no skipper but it's nothing great it just i mean it's good it's keyboard. good yeah, yeah i mean just... now it fits in 2000 you know in five i would have been or i guess had i've heard it later after the o, the opeth craze i would have been like why the fuck is he not screaming but now <laughs> it makes sense to me yeah. so it's just like you listen to it and you wish it was heavy, but it's not bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's a, what, how I normally feel when I listen to it, a modern Opeth album. I wish it was heavier. Yeah. Yeah. Alone. Alone. And then you got, we got uh, uh, Jesse Leach, what at the time wasn't in Kill Switch, so I don't know what he was doing at that time. He had that side project going. I forget the name. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. This was another highlight for me. That's actually like my number. I don't forget what number I'm at. Number three, I think. Oh, okay. Third favorite. Yeah. Wait, did we not get it's your number one? Number one was I don't Max. I think we did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. Makes sense. I thought. Yeah, this was like. Ooh, this is yeah there's like a, a top five for me and this is like in there I, I thought jesse sounds really good again matt heafy the song writing on this is awesome a lot of good riffs on it i think this would be another cool one to maybe play a clip from before we finish just the fact that it was it was jesse well you said he sounds really good has he ever sounded bad <laughs> no okay i would i just didn't know i was wondering if he had like an album where he sounded like shit on or something i was gonna go listen to it <laughs> to see what that had sounded no, like but it's just awesome yeah, to hear no, him at, at this time period and everything i, I don't know i guess yeah that's true because if you would have been a diehard he technically would have been you know in the everglades or something like you would <laughs> you know the side project but i mean i don't know how much he was putting out so yeah yeah and then there was mike d on bass too from kill switch so it's kind of cool yeah
anyways and then um i don't know if you want to go through the last few i not big on the last three yeah uh, you know i actually i really did like a such a stupid song though i don't want to be a superhero but i really did like that song <laughs> is that the michael you know, graves one it just yeah and it's just yeah, like it's a yeah. fun punk song like i just right. i really liked it yeah, but, you know, uh, yeah I didn't the other ones, these last ones, they just didn't, they just like, they're at the end for a reason, not, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, fucking number 14, Constitution Down. I mean, it's got Kyle from Exhorter from Vocals. It's got James Murphy of Obituary and Death. It's got Rob Bear from Cannibal. I mean, it's got Andy LaRock from fucking King Diamond. Steve DeGeorgio on bass. It's a really good song, um, but, and it's got a lot of badass people on it. But, you know, I, I think after, after 13, I mean, I kind of, after the first couple times listened to it, I didn't really listen to them as much. But they're good yeah. songs. They're good yeah. songs. But I, I did. I will admit, though, the last song with Peter Steele from uh, Typo Negative, I was checking out Typo Negative today. Yeah. Like, okay, you okay. know, so it's like it brings out something in you. Like it was a maybe I 18 what, was just too much because I yeah. did feel a little, you know, after the second time, it was a little much. I mean, because it, it has you going all over the place, so it doesn't bog you down but at the same time it still feels like it's a lot to listen to but okay yeah uh, i guess uh the one thing i want to ask though who takes the cake on this one who's oh, the man. best producer dude i don't know to that's you a really guys, hard question i mean what i'm leaning think? toward tifi and you know like you know like you said earlier i'm the biggest Trayvon fan either but i mean you know well, also he some did great songs fire, but also dino's dawn of a golden you know, and blood and flame so he's got three of my big ones and you've got Rob doing Independent, The Dagger. Yeah, probably Heafy overall. He's got probably the best songs he just, on there. He had the best variety, though, too. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll agree. But I'd say yeah. they all did a pretty good job. Maybe, uh, I guess Dino would be come, would come in last. Really? See, I thought he was like second. <laughs> <laughs> well, your favorite songs, though, aren't from Dino. I know, but like, I just like, I don't know, maybe it's because I watched a little <laughs> bit of the video and like, you know, I just fell in oh. love with Dino though too. Like, well, you yeah. know, I mean, listen, they did a great job. They all did a great yeah. job. I mean, they're producers essentially, you know, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess we should probably move so, on, but um, f- super fun. Listen, thanks for recommending it. And um, if you guys haven't, haven't listened to it, it's a fun, fun ass listen. Gem of a fucking and all the, CD, man. And all the people from Metal Blade, yeah, you're listening, like do this. Come on, please. <laughs> just please. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're begging you. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's uh, let's let you guys listen to this interview with Trey Williams of Dying Fetus. say so while i've been sitting here waiting to do this interview i've been letting letting the new album kind of play a few times over and it is uh really awesome so far i mean i'm really liking it yeah so one of the things that i noticed is it's been five years since rain supreme came out and um it's a long time man for to leave us without a uh, dying fetus record so i guess you know why uh why did it take so long and uh you know was there any certain reasons for that the demand to see us live after uh, rain supreme was pretty great the band's been coming up in presence in the last several years. So uh, we had a lot of opportunities to tour and we took them. Um, and we got to go to some pretty cool places around the world. 
doing it. And, uh, but now we're ready to uh, tour for a new album. So how long did it actually take once you guys sat down and decided to start writing the album? It took about uh, maybe a year and a third, you know, maybe like 14 months. Right. Okay. So when you guys started writing it, you know, you guys sat down, was there a goal in mind? Like, was there anything you guys wanted to change, uh, you know, from Reign Supreme? Or were you guys just kind of in there to perfect, you know, the dying fetus sound? Well, we're always trying to refine the music more and more, um, album after album. But we don't, we don't want to rock the boat too much. And we want to give our fans what they know that we do. You know, we're not going to go and do a drastic sound change or stylistic change, maybe just like a different approach. I, I think this album, we tried to, you know, deliver something that was a, a good, solid uh, product that was you know, nice and catchy, you know, and uh, would get stuck in people's heads. So we're not going to hear uh, any clean singing on the next album, I guess? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man, that's probably smart. Um, well, you know, every once in a while, on like an EP or something, we do um, some joke songs and stuff like that, and they might have some clean vocals and stuff, but... When it comes down to the serious death metal, we no, I don't think we're going to put that in there. Yeah, probably not the best idea, um, especially with an album title like The Wrong One to Fuck With. Uh, if you guys came out with some cleans, that might not be well received. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of the album title, well, you know, I like it, man. I like it a lot. Uh, it definitely seems like it's a love-hate kind of thing. I've seen it online, you know, some people, it seems like they love it. Some people, it seems like they hate it. You know, so what was the idea behind the album title? Well, we were looking for something that had strength and intimidation to it, I guess. And we, we tossed around some ideas and wrong one to fuck with is kind of the one that stuck. Uh, it was one, of, I think, one of the last ideas we had. Uh, we just like, why don't we just name it after the song on the album? It's, that sounds tough as hell. So that's what we did, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's strong. It's it's memorable. That's what I liked about it. You know what I mean? You're not going to forget that. But um. Yeah, no, I saw, I think it was on Twitter, someone one day had said, uh, you know, last year we had uh, Nails, You'll Never Be One of Us, this year we've got Dying Fetus, the wrong one to fuck with, and it was like in this kind of negative manner or whatever, and I just thought that was ridiculous, and you know, because I think sometimes people are reading a little bit too much into it, like it's a Dying Fetus album, and it's a strong title, man, and, it, and it's tough, you know what I mean, what, what more do you want? Cool, well, hey, it worked for you, it didn't work for other people but that's okay. You nothing nothing that you do in this world is going to please please everybody. Right, right, right. So, uh as far as the drumming went in this album, what were you going for? Were you did you try anything different? Did you uh approach anything differently? I would pretty much do do what we always do. The uh, only difference really was uh this album more than any. I got to really write my drum parts more in depth. Not to say that on previous releases I didn't, you know, come up with some of the stuff I played, but some of the song structure was already there. So the beat, you know, the kind of beats you're playing are kind of defined already. And then it's just a matter of how you play them, you know, how you play them. And, but this time around, I got to write like all the drum parts. So that was cool for me, for me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's awesome. That's cool to hear. Um, Cause I, you know, I was thinking when I was listening to it about the groove parts, man, I mean, you get, that's the, that's the, what's dying fetus. What I love about dying fetus is those grooves. And on this on this new album, there's a ton of them, man, that just lock in, that are just super catchy. And I got to think the drums are a big part of that. Absolutely. You know, sometimes it maybe is just the way that the rhythm changes that really pushes the, the song into a bobbable a beat, so to say. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, you know, when you guys are writing one of those groove parts, how do you know when you're you're hitting the mark? You know, is there a test? Is it when you guys are all bobbing your head? You, can you feel it? You know, what do you guys look for to know it's you, you've got it? Yeah, sometimes they 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 come out by accident. Sometimes they're they're forced uh, into fruition, into being existing in the world. It's different, you know. You just know when it works. You know, you we both look at each other, whoever's there with you, and you're just like, hey, that kind of hit right there. So. It, it, they kind of just show themselves. Sometimes you got to work at it, though, and you stumble upon something in the process. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you what do you think is harder? Is it writing those groove parts? You know, uh, being that they they have to be catchy, they have to stick, um, or is it those technical parts that are a little harder to maybe physically play? Uh, technical parts for the guys to write those are pretty easy for them to write. They uh they they seem to have no problem just like pulling out like techy stuff. So. It's coming up with like a melody and a groove that doesn't sound like something else, but doesn't sound too different from what you do. So that's the tricky part, more so than the technical part. 
You guys have been around since what, 90, I think I saw 93 or something like that. Yeah, somewhere um, Which is quite a while. And, you know, it seems like you guys are kind of rising in popularity, like with every album release, you know. And um, so what do you think contributes to that? We're lucky. We're just lucky band. I mean, there's a lot of bands that do stuff that we do and it doesn't pop off for them as much. And it's not for lack of them being talented or hardworking. It's just what appeals to the listener. And so we're really lucky that our band's been able to garner the attention of the fan and get their loyalty. So it's, it's kind of cool, but we don't take it for granted. And, you know, we, we try to put out something good and push ourselves each time to make something a little better. And hopefully the outcome, the byproduct of that is more and more people becoming interested in it. I guess that's been working for us. Yeah, right. And I mean, uh, it's got to help that you guys get on a lot of pretty badass tours. You know, you guys have done Summer Slaughter, like I think I counted four or five times in the past. Um, last one was in 2014. So I guess, you know, why uh, why do you guys keep jumping back on that? It's a pretty decent tour. I mean, it's well known. It's got a good name. and We, we always do well on it. And they treat us well, and we got asked to do it this year, and it just uh, made sense to us to do it. Yeah, for sure. So is it, uh, you know, seems like it's one of those uh, festivals that's probably a little grueling, you know, it's a long fest, you know, it's in the summer, you know, is it is it one of those hard ones? It's kind of a tough one sometimes, um, you know, when you're stuck out in the, in the heat in the parking lot, and you're kind of baking all day, that's when it gets grueling. And it is kind of a... It's a rush to get up and on off of stage, you know, because there's so many bands you don't want to step on other people's toes with their set times and stuff. But it's a lot of fun, too, because you, you make new friends and you always see some old faces at the shows and then on the tour itself. So it, it's a cool one. We enjoy our we've always enjoyed ourselves on it. Yeah, well, definitely looking forward to uh, when you got that tour. I'll definitely be at it. So for, uh, as far as you as a drummer goes, what was it that made you kind of want to go into this extreme realm of drumming and not, you know, some other type of style? I was just always drawn to it. Uh, just, uh, just plain old drumming just didn't appeal to me. I always, uh, you know, I, I did start with like bands like Nirvana and then moved into Metallica and farther and farther in, you know, you go to your Pantera and your Slayer and then you go, you find Deicide and all that other stuff and you start working yourself downhill. And that's just what happened. And I was just like, wow, this stuff is, seems way cooler and way more intense than just playing standard old rock and roll. And that's really what pushed me. But drummers like uh, um, uh, Dave Whitty really influenced me in some, of my, in some of my playing. So, you know, definitely some of the drummers that do that kind of genres definitely influenced me also. Right, right. So, yeah, is there any, any newer drummers that you are a fan of, maybe you've toured with or uh, that uh, you're... You kind of uh, hold in high regard? Uh, John Longstreth is phenomenal. Um, Mike Heller, who plays for Fear Factories, he's great too. There's a lot of really talented guys out there. I got a lot of respect for all of them. Anytime I get to go on tour and play with another drummer, I, I learn more then than I learn watching YouTube or actually if I went to go get a real lesson. I, I learned from watching these guys and love watching them. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you kind of keep your ear to the ground at all and, and you know, check out any new releases like that? Or do you kind of just uh, find find some of these bands, you know, when you are touring with them? I, I kind of find out after they've made a name for themselves. You know, we end up being on a tour with somebody. And uh, I honestly don't really listen to too much in the scene. Uh, I just try to keep my my mind um, free of influence from another band, you know? Right, right. Just to kind of keep your own uh, signature style instead of uh, copying somebody else too much, even if it's subconsciously. Yes. So is there any drum track in particular that um, you would want to show someone? Like if some if somebody wanted to hear your drumming, you know, what would you pick to show them? Um, maybe Second Skin off of Rant Supreme. And uh, why that track in particular? Uh, I just like I just like the drumming. There's nothing particular special. I do a double ride part. I'm playing double time roll on the on the ride cymbal while doing double bass. So that was pretty cool. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, let, let's play it. Let's play a clip of that. Cool.
awesome, Trey. Uh, thanks a lot for doing the interview, man. Good luck with the album release coming up here soon. And can't wait to catch you guys on Summer Slaughter, man. Good luck with all that. Cool. Right on. Look forward to it. Have a great day. Thanks for your time. Good shit. Well, I think that wraps up another uh, episode of Into the Combine. I'm your host, Stan the Man. Jason. I'm shoddy. And you guys stay metal. <laughs> <laughs>